0: Welcome and thank you for tuning in to 40 something mum toddlers to teens and beyond. Hi, my name is Carrie, and I am the mum to a toddler, a tween and a teenager. I am not an expert, I am not a child psychologist, I am just a mum with 13 years of experience. I have heard to be a good mum you need one cup of love, a pinch of patience and a bucket full of laughter. Let's chuck that shit out the window, grab a Bundy or a cuppa and tune in to enjoy the ride because it could be a bumpy one. Make sure to subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or Spotify because you don't want to miss an episode. Welcome back to 40 something mum and thank you for tuning in to this episode which is episode 10 and it's amazing that we've made it this far. Uh, I haven't been around for the last couple of weeks because my business Carry John and Co has actually taken off and I found it a bit difficult to be able to find the time to record the podcast but I made an effort this week to get it done for you. So this week I wanted to talk about parenting of teenagers. And I did a Google to find out what the top number nine questions are of parents of teenagers. And the questions I think cater more from, you know, even toddler right through to teenagers and maybe even into our 20-year-old children. So it will be interesting to see your comments as to whether or not you agree with the doctor that I have found or whether or not you think their answers may be a little bit off. So the most common question that they are asked is how to stop my child from being defiant and her or his answering back. And I believe this one starts very young. My four year old is going through this at the moment. He's back chatting a lot. How you handle it while they are a toddler, I think will set them up better as a teenager. Well, I'm hoping that this is the case because I remember my older two going through this phase and we jumped on it quite quickly while they were toddlers. And so far, thankfully, we don't have an issue with the back chat yet, but I'm sure it's still to come as they are in the earlier part of the teenager years. right so their suggestion was for parents to actually remove themselves from the power play that children acting out and back chatting it's a power play between you and them and if you step back it may stop them from wanting to actually challenge you by back chatting you so they suggest that avoid responding to back chatting and just walk away Or go off and do something else to distract from what the teenager is doing. Another way is to actually lead by example. So not back chatting yourself to them. And also to remove the you from the conversation. So for an example, when someone gets rude to me, I feel hurt. So expressing how you feel and seeing how they're feeling as well. And then number two, and this one is one that sits with me well, is how to deal with a child and helping them to cope with peer pressure. And this one concerns me in the coming future, particularly with my daughter, is how to deal with peer pressure. And as they get older, they're going to have that pressure of, you know, their friends wanting them to drink or to smoke or have, you know, drugs. And so I guess. Instilling in them as a younger person, you know, good morals is hopefully going to help them make the right decision as they get older. So the doctor's tip is actually to help your child and your teen say no whenever required and maintain their dignity and starting very young for them to understand the difference between no and yes and that no means no. And this is something that I've always, you know, instilled in my older son is that if someone says no, they mean no. And encouraging your teen to give good amount of thought before giving support to some request by their peers. So making sure that they've thought through their decisions before giving their decision and then encourage them to think through those decisions. Like I said, Um, number four is that they should be made aware to discuss the impact of what their peer pressure is. So if it's not speaking to their parents that they go and see maybe a school counselor or a teacher and you know discuss with the teacher that you know they're, they're getting peer pressured. And number five is encouraging your child to hold their own opinion and not always have to please others. And something that I've always done with my kids is giving them choice. So even if it's as simple as what do they want on their toast for breakfast in the morning, whether it's honey or jam, is is helping them to, you know, make their own decisions and hopefully that will help and that they won't be too much of a sheep and just follow the leader. All right. And then number three is how much is okay if I push my child to continue the activity they already want to drop out of? And this is a big one for us because particularly with our older son, he has tried a lot of sports and then doesn't follow through so we've done soccer we've done afl we've done swimming and we've done hockey and we're not doing any oh we did karate and we're not doing any of these anymore because he gets into it so far and then he loses interest and the same thing has happened with musical instruments we've done piano guitar and my daughter has also played drums and even though they're showing interest of wanting to go back into music again. It, it really does worry me because, you know, it's expensive. Sport's expensive, you know, paying the fees and the, the uniform and then if they need equipment like with hockey, you need hockey sticks and things. It all adds up to be a lot of money and especially if, you know, halfway through a season they decide they don't want to play anymore. But the doctor also says that you need to be aware of if it's affecting them. So her number one tip is that we should avoid making the child be affected mentally or physically or emotionally by keeping them in the sport or the you know the musical instrument and sometimes doing it is okay to listen to them when they do not want to pursue things further trying to find out exactly why they don't want to do it anymore there may be a, you know a really good reason as to why they don't want to do it anymore and then it is important to give them the attitude to complete what they have started as kids, So making sure that they're aware that when they pick an activity that, you know, it's for a whole season, that it's cost you a lot of money and that, you know, if they want to make that decision to do that sport or that instrument that they need to follow through. And that they're not allowed to just drop it, escape because this can become a habit if they start something and then stop and then they pick up something else and then they stop, it could develop into a quite a big habit. And help your kids to not make impulsive decisions, but a considered choice. So maybe trying some free, you know, they might be able to do a free trial of a sport or an instrument before you jump in and pay the huge fees and, and buying the instrument or the equipment and uniforms required for the sport. Making them realize, you know, how much it's it's actually costing you personally and, and money-wise. All right, and then number four. Now, this one I feel is probably not necessarily for teenagers is, is it possible to discipline my child without smacking? And I think by the time they hit teenage years, smacking isn't really an answer that they're going to respond very well to. And it's not something that I actually even do to my children. Um, Yeah, so trying to work out ways to discipline your child without smacking and a big one for us is removing their electronics. That one has always hurt them more than, you know, a kind of physical discipline, which I frown against completely. All right. So number one is the key is to resist your first impulse to smack. It is, it is better to walk away when you feel so and start doing something different. And I personally feel if I get to the point where I feel like I want to smack my child, it's, it's more about me than them. It's my anger that I need to deal with. So I generally will walk away or tell them to go into their room for time out uh, or take away their electronics. Try distraction or move the child to a different area or just stay quiet. So my thing is actually to walk away. Wait until the situation changes and stay calm. And then teach more responsible behaviours, teach behavioural consequences and appreciate their good behaviour with smiles and a hug. And I have to admit, my teenagers, I don't have a lot of problems with them. We don't have to do a lot of discipline. The main problem that I have with them is keeping their rooms tidy and... No matter what I say, the room staying tidy doesn't seem to help. Um, But discipline-wise, our our two older ones are quite good. The younger one still needs to have times out. But, yeah, I, I find time out works better, particularly with the little guy. All right, so number five, what can I do when my teenage son gets aggressive towards me? And this is something that I hope I don't have to deal with, particularly with my older son, maybe more with my little guy. Um, but my oldest guy is very pleasant and calm in that way so I'm hoping he'll stay that way and I do know of families that have trouble with this with their sons and let's face it boys can get quite you know tall and strong very young so I can imagine you know particularly if you're a little like me having a son towering over the top of you could be quite scary um, and they actually suggest that these are their tips, is to stay calm and refuse to react and revert taunts. Provide your young person with space by moving away. It can be dealt with again when you both are calm. Ask them why they are angry and what has made them angry. And I guess it goes regardless of their age. You need to find out what has caused them to become so frustrated and angry. And as an older, you know, child or teen, they should be able to voice it. Whereas, you know, with a four-year-old, they can't voice it. They just get very angry. And my four-year-old is a very frustrated, angry little person. So I'm not looking forward to him being a strong teenager and maybe standing up against me. Um, Number six, how do I get my child to understand no means no? And I guess this is a really big one. We don't, Actually, have this problem with our older kids. I do really have this with my younger one, and I guess because we instilled it in the older two very young, hopefully, it's going to continue on. Uh, but I guess they they say that in some issues, is that you need to instill in home that you have a no means no policy at home. So I guess. If your kids have phones and electronics, maybe this can be an issue. Mine, thankfully, I don't have much of an issue with them yet with this. But I guess maybe taking it away so that they don't have access to that. Um, your child may throw tantrums when you say no. It has to be ignored. And I, I can't imagine a teenager throwing a tantrum, but who knows? I guess I'm to look forward to this. But I know my four-year-old can throw a good tantrum. And give the impression to kids that you and your partner have the same view. And when they keep pursuing, use the time out of parents method. It's super effective when you move away or pretend you aren't there. So instead of putting a teenager into time out, which obviously will not work because they've got all of their electronics, etc., in their room, it's time for mummy to have a time out. And I don't have a problem with that because I do love to have some time out. So I think I might have to use that one. Even if uh, they're not pushing me on the no means no, I think mummy needs to just have some more time out. All right, number seven. How do I stop my child being a quitter and giving up things easily? Well, I guess that goes back to what question was that? That was question number three about them quitting on... Activities And I guess it, it, it goes with this one as well. And I know that my son gets really frustrated, you know, when he's doing something on the computer. He's doing YouTube videos at the moment and he's trying to work out how to use the Zoom while he's, you know, videoing, videoing Minecraft or whatever, you know, game he's viewing at the time. And he will just crack it, stop it and storm off into his room kind of thing. And I know that's, that's not really necessarily a big deal because it's just him YouTubing, but it does still come down to the fact that he is quitting and he gets really frustrated and then he stomps off. And, you know, that can lead on into later on in life. If something's not going their way, they just stomp away and, and refuse to finish it. So they suggest that one of the best success and resilient trades is persistence. It's worthwhile to push your kid to be persistent. And here are some of their tips. Use a proper vocabulary in your conversation to encourage and help them to persist. Hang in there, hang tough. It should be easy. Push the kids. When the part gets hard, this will endeavor and link effect and hard work with success. They should be taught to not quit halfway, encourage them to stay at their homework task until it's finished not to quit their sports teams until the sea- season ends and to remind the kids of the history when they persist it worked for them. So I try and remember some good things that they decided they wanted to quit on but continued and they actually succeeded at it. It, it can be really difficult. I know I could be get quite frustrated and, and quit and then walk away but I, I generally come back. Sometimes You know when you're really frustrated you just need to hop up and have a a little walk a little breathe and then you can come back so maybe that's something you could also use to help the kids all right number eight how should i react when my kid lies and alters the truth i have two leos and they seem to be great at telling stories and as much as you know lying isn't a good thing i sometimes feel like when they're telling stories that If we squash all of these kids that are great at telling stories are we going to be crushing the next harry potter author like you can't tell me that she didn't create all of these magical stories when she was a kid so sometimes i think that it's important to allow them to go a little you know stretch the truth a little bit not necessarily lying but just stretching the truth a little bit but anyway the doctor suggests to try to identify the purpose of a child's untruth here is the thumb rule. Don't let children escape negative consequences through their lies or their stories. So obviously, if the lie is going to affect someone or hurt somebody, obviously, that's not allowed. The importance of honesty and trust should be imbibed in kids through example and storytelling. So obviously, lead by example. Sometimes it is okay to be part of fantasy, but do not let it go too far. Make sure if they lie, your reactions and interactions are positive, but do give feedback. Encourage your child to tell the truth if they are found to be lying. All right. And then number nine, and this is the final one. How can I change my attention seeking child? Yet again, I have two Leos and they are known to be the attention seeking star sign. And my goodness, especially the four year old at the moment is a huge attention seeker. So to minimalize attention-seeking, you may follow below mentioned tips. Ignore their attention-seeking and invest your attention to a constructive place. You also should provide lots of positive attention when they do some good and deserve it. Help attention-seekers feel useful, feel worthy, so that they can follow their own interests. Appreciate their good behaviors and help your child to know the importance of our activities and that the world doesn't revolve around them. All right, so hopefully these questions and the answers from the doctor will help you going forward. Please do let me know if you have any questions that you would like me to answer or any topics that you would like me to talk about because it's really hard sitting here and knowing what you want to know about. And remember that I'm happy to talk between, you know, babies to teens. I don't know anything about 20-year-olds other than what I was 20 years ago. Um, But also, I would love to hear from anyone that might want to come on to my podcast. It was great having tenure on here a couple of weeks ago to have a chat. And it's good to have somebody else to bounce ideas off of. So if you have something that you want to talk to me about or you are, you know, a specialist in some field that deals with, you know, babies to teens or even if you have, you know, 20 year old kids that you want to talk about and give some guidance to us who are coming up to that in the, you know, in the next seven plus years, please just send me a DM. I would love to hear from you. All right. So for now, I hope you are well and until next week. Cheers.